Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Dreamy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on the Sunday, post our last advanced Metcon session of 2019. As we are heading into 2020 here in just two or three days, depending on how you look at it. And I want to dig in here on a topic that ties into this time of year, the new year, new you, the resolutions. I'm going to be talking about 33 steps for a complete body transformation. Now, I got this from my homie, Travis Merritt. Travis is out in Texas there at the Rowlett Transformation Center. So if you're in the Texas area, look him up. Dude is master class. We share a lot of the same visions in terms of fitness, nutrition, and just lifestyle and how to treat people and just live your life. So uh, dude's a gamer. Uh, Put out a great piece here. And so I'm going to kind of go through and add my two cents as we rip through it. And so... Obviously, the new year is coming. You guys know, and a lot of people, that's a it's a fresh start. It's a clean slate. Any of the, the dumb, stupid shit you did in 2019 is the past. You can learn from it, but I wouldn't worry about it, and I wouldn't dwell on it. I would just focus on the present and just thinking about how badass your future can be. So if you're looking to make a, obviously, you know, complete transformation, this uh, podcast will help, as will plug here, our 47-Day Transformation Program. If you want to learn more, Go to 47daytransformation.com, read it through, any questions, holler at me. If you guys really want to make a change in how you eat, how you train, how you sleep, how you think about your life and yourself and your habits, the rituals and routines, and really dig into the shit that's been holding you back, this would be the program for you. We run it two or three times a year. I give my 100% effort to it. Um, It's exhausting, but it's the one thing that really does spark a change in people, and it's the one that probably cuts a little bit deeper than any other program uh, I've seen out there personally. So if you're interested, we do have a unique podcast discount code I'm happy to share with you guys, but you got to hit me up quick. The program kicks off on January the 6th. We close registration down on January the 4th, I believe at midnight. So uh, don't delay. We cap it at about 100 people because that's just about as much as the team and I can handle. We could maybe squeeze in a few more, but that is what we have coming down the pipe. So I gotta hurry up here because I got a lot of stuff to do today. But without further delay, I'm gonna talk about 33 steps for a complete body transformation. And I think this ties into the, a mind transformation as well, as I believe in all physical fitness is mental, it's emotional, and I do believe there's a spiritual component to it as well, depending on if you believe in God, you know, the universe, source energy, unicorns, whatever your thing is. Uh, there is some other stuff out there. So. We're going to dig into planning and mindset here right off the bat. And so number one of our 33 steps, you have to get clear about exactly what you want and when you want it. Saying that you want to just get healthy or just be fit or just be wealthy, insert any kind of broad brush term, that's not specific enough. My personal opinion, you have to be more specific with your goals. Um, I'm not saying you have to be married to specific timelines, but you have to have an idea of when you want to accomplish things by and how you want to go about it. And for me, writing it down is even better because it puts those words somewhere in the universe where you can see them. Um, and again, I'm not a huge affirmation guy. You know, If you're, you're in the Midwest right now and you're getting crushed by snow, you can't go out in your driveway and say, there's no snow, there's no snow. No, there's fucking snow. You got to shovel it, snow blow it. You got to get rid of it somehow. Um, Just sitting there wishing for it to change is not going to be enough. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, 
obviously if you guys can see behind me on uh, my office wall here I have a ton of notes uh, written down reminders for me and on my desk I probably have about 20 post-its here of things I have to do and want to get done in a couple of goals we have for the podcast um, specifically and probably the biggest one in my life right now currently as you guys know um, on our you know pay off our house journey we have a sheet we have two sheets on a refrigerator right now and they're taped there at all times when we walk by them the one is kind of the list of what we'll do once uh, the house is paid off in terms of like going to the bank, getting a letter from them, submitting it to you know uh, the city, uh, getting everything in order with you know taxes and insurance and all that stuff because it's on us and then the bank no longer takes care of it. But above that, we have a list. Um, we listed out 24 months. So originally, my wife and I got serious about this. We said, can we do this in 24 months? And that seemed really aggressive and fucking crazy. And now that we're in it, this payment on January 1st will be month 13. And I want to say, knock on wood, fingers crossed, I only have four payments total left. Now, that would put us paying our house off in like the 16 months instead of 24. And we have the total number that we started with uh, when we got started with this. And I'll share that with you guys when we do pay the house off and I'll give you full details. But every month breaking down. So every time we make a payment, we can see it physically go down. Here's another 5,000. Here's another 10,000. Here's another 20,000, 30,000, and so on. And you can see how close we're getting to the goal and how much quicker it's had. It's like a snowball effect, right? And at the very end of that, my wife wrote down a couple of things she wants to do once we reach that milestone and then the next thing we're going to do. And the point of me sharing that is it's powerful and it's on my refrigerator. So every time I come home, I walk by it. Every time I grab some water, every time I'm going to grab food, anytime I just walk through the kitchen, you notice it. And it, as subtle as that may be, it's super powerful. And so I would urge you guys to, if you have goals, make them as specific as you can. Make them realistic. I mean, you can be a dreamer for sure. <clears throat> Sorry, it's my Matt Conkoff. But have them written somewhere with some specific dates on your nightstand, maybe in your you know, your bed nightstand drawer if you don't want to stick it out somewhere. Stick a post-it on your bathroom mirror, on your refrigerator, in your car, in your office, somewhere where you're going to look at it and pass by it so it's like this constant reminder burning it into your fucking brain that you're going to make this happen or you're going to keep trying and keep pushing, especially on the days when you feel like 19 things go wrong. Number two, accept that you will never find time but you'll need to make time. The sad truth is you made time to get out of shape. So then the opposite's true that you'll have to make time to get in shape. I think that goes for anything in life. You made time to get your ass in debt. So the opposite's true, you have to make time to get your ass out of debt. Anything that's not going amazing in your life, you made time to go one way or the other. This is no different. And if you're a person listening to me and like, well, Jeremy, I just don't have the time to set a budget. I just don't have time to cook healthy food. I just don't have time to work out. What are you doing with your time that is so much more important than that? I'm not saying you got to work out for seven hours a week. I'm not saying you have to cook these elaborate meals that could be on, you know, America's Next Top Chef. But you have to give a shit about yourself. If the goals are really important to you, you have to give up some luxuries. Maybe it's not watching every college football game. Maybe it's not watching NFL or NBA or binging on Netflix. Almost every single person I meet who gives me this thing, I don't just don't have time to log my food. I just don't have time to budget. I just don't have time to do mobility. They all watch Netflix. They all scroll on social media. And I would argue with you, all the things I just listed, uh, budgeting your money, doing mobility, getting better sleep, feeding your body real food is way more fucking important than what's going on on Instagram. It's way more important on like whatever season you're binge watching on Netflix. Those things are all going to add value to your life. Those other ones 
are just escapisms or they're just things to do. They're not really adding value to your life. So if you're finding yourself with shitty mobility and you've watched five hours of TV this month, why not just do the mobility while you watch TV or just punt the TV altogether, get focused and do mobility for, I don't know, just three hours total for the month and still leaves you with two hours to watch TV. You're never going to find the time. You have to make the time, you guys, for everything in your life that you care about, going on dates with your husband or wife, playing with your kids, visiting friends and family, whatever it may be, you have to make the time if you care about it. Number three, don't get set on a particular diet and workout program. There is no holy grail uh, of anything for anyone, in my opinion. While it's important to understand that having a outline of a diet and exercise program is vital, you may have to change it if it isn't working, and sometimes you just have to roll with the punches depending on schedule. If your flight got delayed, uh, things are going crazy, you just have to be able to ebb and flow and listen to your body. Just because it says you have to do squats today, but if your hamstrings and glutes and quads are so tight from two days ago, Maybe it's a mobility day. Maybe it's a lighter day. Maybe it's just body weight stuff. You have to have some self-awareness. And don't think just because it worked for your best friend that it's going to work for you. I hear that shit all the time. Not everyone needs to go low carbohydrates. Not everybody has to do high-intensity interval training six days a week. Not everybody needs to do high reps or heavy loads. You have to be flexible. Um with who you are and what your goals are. And, and again, oh, my best friend did keto. It, it, it might not be for you. It's awesome for them, but we have different mindsets. We have different mentalities. Our bodies react differently to the amount of sleep we get, the carbohydrates we eat, and what we do. Something works for everyone, and you can take bits and pieces from what your friends and homies did, but you don't have to do the exact same thing that they did. If you enjoy it and you have fun and you're finding progress with it, for sure. But... I would urge you to find what works for you. Find something that provides your body with the results and the things that it needs, not what your best friend thinks it needs. Number four, eliminate the trigger foods from your life. They are the foods that you have difficulty controlling yourself with. These can also be healthy foods uh, for that matter, and you just happen to overeat on healthy foods. That's Obviously not as bad as overeating on like Oreos and cinnamon rolls, but if it's putting you in a calorie surplus and your goal is fat loss, it's just about as bad for that goal itself. And again, not all trigger foods are bad foods. I have to say that not all foods that trigger you guys to overeat and consume too much are bad foods. From my experience, things like nut butters um, and nuts are probably the ones that I tend to overeat most. I think that's probably most of you. So like, that's why I have a hard time with peanut butters and like the, you know, Justin's almond butter or like those, uh, wasabi almonds or like the cinnamon ones or the ones that have flavor. Like it's really hard to do single servings of those things. And I think those are all healthy foods, but they're also trigger foods for me to just keep eating and eating and eating. So try to keep those things out of the house or only buy single servings or only buy an individual serving that you're going to eat at that one time. Number five, understand that not everyone is going to support you. This goes for every goal in your life, for sure. In the beginning, uh, some people will, and some people will say they will support you until it interrupts their life or it hinders them or they no longer want to basically, quote unquote, have your back. When you no longer want to go eat out um, and go to happy hours and stay up all hours of the night with them, some people will turn on you and they'll kind of talk shit about you and they'll kind of fluff it off like, eh, you'll never make it. And they're, 
sometimes people are just drink pushers and food pushers and sometimes people are just jealous because they don't have the mental fortitude to fucking make a change in their life and you'll feel lonely and they'll feel lonely and they'll want to bring you back into their world and if you resist you know some form of peer pressure um respect to you guys but it's going to test your willpower it's going to test friendships for some of you at some points and know that it's going to happen and it's okay uh to say no and it's okay to not be a people pleaser it's okay to stand your ground it's okay to decline because every single happy hour and every single party and event that's filled with food and drink isn't for you if you can go there and not eat it and drink it respect that's what i do most often than not but if you know you can't be in the environment don't put yourself in there or really pick and choose your spots if it's your kind of you know time to indulge or splurge or have a treat or a cheat or whatever terminology you choose to use and that's fine but overall you have to be strong because ultimately these people are going to look to you you know for strength and they're going to want to follow in your footsteps and this goes for every area of your life not just the you know training and the eating aspect of it if you're a person and I know this and we don't have a lot of people you know cheering us on on our you know paying off our house journey uh in our close circle a lot of people we talk to look at us like we're probably fucking crazy and they don't understand it but then i have i do have a handful of people who think it's super cool and it's dope and um they'll take joy in it but it doesn't matter to me you know people ask me well jeremy why would you pay off your house why would you not just buy this car why would you not just do x or y and i'm like well i have a different vision and a different plan and i'm happy to you know divulge that later on as we go but it doesn't deter me, and I'm okay with it. And so there's a couple of things that I might skip out on. I'm like, well, that trip's going to be 3000 bucks. I'm like, I can take it in a couple months. I got a goal, and I'm trying to reach it. And I believe you guys are the same. That's why I share my paying off the house journey with you guys, because the fitness one for me, you know, is it hard for me to eat right? Eh, yes and no. Is it hard for me to train? Eh, yes and no. But, like, it's just who I am. It's what I do at this point. It's ingrained in me. But this other journey is what I would parallel to a lot of you listening who want to be healthier um, in terms of eating and training. That's the one that I have to, you know, keep talking myself through and get hyped up for and, and have a little internal motivational talk to keep me going because, man, sometimes it sucks and I don't want to do it. And I know it's paying off, but you can't really feel it yet. It's like a lot of you guys are on your, you've been eating right for 66 days and you see some results, but not the huge payoff yet. And so that's the parallel I, I connect to. Number six, always include some activity that you enjoy in each workout. In the beginning, you know, working out will feel like it sucks for a lot of you guys. And, and some of these workouts are terrible. There's just no kind of way about it. But at some point, it's just going to become who you are and what you do. Um, but if you're really struggling and there's, it's a workout that sucks, you're not looking forward to it, what I would choose to do is add in some things that you love, whether that be some of the gymnastics type stuff, some of the body weight stuff, if it's strength stuff. Uh, for me, I tend to, especially in the days that I just, I'm, I'm dreading, uh, like pushing a sled and doing heavy split squats, that just it's just a grind of a day, right? I like to throw in just some push-ups. Uh, for me, I typically kind of inchworm it out, throw push-ups in. I like that. It gets me breathing, gets me kind of sweating, but it gives your upper body a little pump. And if you're a dude, you're always going to kind of have that, you know, when your arms get a little bit of blood in them and your chest does, you feel like you're Arnold for about, you know, 30 seconds and until it goes away and then you feel like you're same skinny uh, turd of a self. But I do that because it makes the 
painful stuff less painful or at least allows me to enjoy the workout. So if there's a day where, you know, you're doing all the things that just really grind you down, throw in a few things that you like to do. And what you'll probably discover is when you do workouts like that, you're going to find things that you naturally kind of gravitate towards um, that you start to enjoy over and over and over again. So I always say play to your strengths. And especially in the days where you're doing workouts that suck ass, um, throw in some things that you love to do or there's something that you're naturally just good at. So like if you're naturally good at pull-ups, you're naturally good at just, you know, doing lunges and you struggle on the upper body stuff, sprinkle some of that stuff in to kind of break up the monotony and make the workout not be so awful. Number seven, you have to ask yourself, what kind of life do you want? A question that most people ignore when transforming their bodies because the answer will change the speed of the transformation. And I believe this of all transformations in what you do for work, who you're married to, where you want to live, where you want to travel, how you want to look, how you want to move, how you want to feel. All those things have to be wrapped around the macro question. What kind of life do you want? The further or faster you want to go will determine how much of your day-to-day life needs to change. No matter what you're doing, you want to be a millionaire. You want to be debt-free. You want to travel the world. You want to write a book. You want to quit your corporate job. You want to lose 100 pounds. You want to have six-pack abs. You have to ask yourself, on the journey, what kind of life do you want on the way to attaining those goals? Number eight, focus on one habit at a time. When you try to change multiple aspects of your life all at once, you can feel overwhelmed in the beginning. But if you focus on just one thing as the main focus, the other aspects become easier as time goes on. Remember, in any legit transformation you're doing, it's not usually just a 30-day diet plan, especially if you're doing anything that we do here. It's a life-changing program. We're trying to change lifestyle habits And we might focus on a bunch of different things, but we do them in chunks and pieces. I'm not going to tell you on day one, okay, here's how you eat, here's how you train, here's how you sleep, here's how you talk, here's how you act. No, that's the broad picture, but we focus on one specific goal at a time and we work on it and then master the next and the next and the next. It's a small domino effect. Number nine, figure out which piece of the fitness puzzle you are the weakest at. So for many of you, it's probably the nutrition part. That's where most people struggle. Um, Maybe you know what to eat, but you struggle with the meal prep. Maybe it's the aerobic work, you know, or maybe it's the strength training. Maybe it's you just planning um, or programming if you don't have a coach out there. What I would say to many of you out there, if you're not great at all of those aspects of your health and fitness and nutrition, find someone else who can help you with maybe one or two of your weaknesses or obviously get into a transformation like the 47-day transformation, if you will. Uh, Shameless plug there. But I do think it's critical uh, in all seriousness. When you're starting, you know, to transform your life, you're probably good at one or two things. But most of us aren't good at everything, at least in the beginning. And so if you're good at nutrition and meal prep, um, but you have no one to help you kind of plan your workouts, well, maybe I would go that direction. If you're good at playing the workouts, but you suck at the nutrition, you don't understand it, maybe to get you somebody to hold you accountable there. I always think a coach in a community 
you know, is well worth any investment you're going to make because I believe the ROI is like at least 10 times uh, what you put into it. Number 10, decide where you are going to go if you're trying to change your physical body. This could be a gym, it could be a private studio, it could be, you know, small group training, it could be a group uh, setting, it could even be your garage, it could be your basement, it could be a living room. But you have to decide where is going to be the hub. And you can sprinkle in stuff like hiking and swimming and biking around that. But you have to know where you want to be on this journey. So transforming your body happens wherever you are willing to do the work. And I would urge you to be in an environment that is the most motivating and most productive. A place where you show up to just work. I would struggle to work out in my living room because that is the place where I try to unwind. I try to de-stress. I try to relax, turn the fire on, maybe watch a game if I can, label my dog and just chill, turn my mind off, not have my phone on the entire time. Oftentimes, if you guys see me snap on Instagram, I'll snap it and then I put my phone in the other room and it's not even around me anywhere. So for me, that wouldn't be a great place. And for many of you, that's an awesome place. You love to train in your living room or your basement. Or you just do it because you got kids and that's the environment you have to be in and you just crush it. And much respect to you. But for me, selfishly, we bought this building for our business. But it also gives me a place to train. A place where I can come in, I can put on music by myself, turn on the lights and just go to fucking work. Or, like on a Sundays here with our Metcon people, I can invite badass humans who are part of our community... And today before I worked out, I don't want to do shit. Super tired. It's cold here. It is here for us. I mean, it's super sunny, so I can't complain. But it's like 45 degrees. And for us, that's like, excuse me, that's like four degrees, uh, you know, to normal people. In Arizona, 40 degrees is like, you can't even leave the house. But I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to be here. I wrapped up a ton of work, working with some people, but I'm like, you know what, these guys are here, they showed up on a Sunday, they could be doing anything with their time, effort, and energy, and so let's just come here and let's crush it, and within 10 minutes, I'm like, I'm ready to go, and the workout sucked, Um, beat my ass, but I'm like, I feel so much better that I did it, and because I decided to be in a place that motivated me and inspired me, and the community of people helped lift me up. Next one, number 11, find a program that you can follow at least three to four days a week and again this can be a mix of strength and metcon all of it together i think that's probably ideal for most of you doing three to four total body workouts per week is probably kind of like the i guess golden program Um, because i do believe you have to build a good level of strength um, if if you really want to look and move and feel the way that you want to feel now i'm not saying you have to lift you know crazy heavy ass weights that's not what this is Um, You can do a lot with body weight. You can do a lot with bands. You can do a lot with just like, you know, two or three sets of dumbbells. I really do believe that um, if you program it out properly and correctly. So I would urge you guys to find some program that makes sense for you and your timeline and your goals. Something like maybe the 47-day transformation. Number 12, uh, build a support system or join a community or group of people who are undergoing the same journey as you. I believe this, both to be in person, which I think is obviously best always, but the online communities that we create and a lot of my fitness friends create can be super powerful as well. You become friends with people, you see what they're doing, they're your avatar, they have kids like you, jobs like you, commutes like you, travel like you, and they're crushing it. 
And if you don't have that, it can get lonely some days. But when you can find, you know, a place, gym, studio, fitness center, or like I said, even online, where you can connect with other people who can relate to your journey, it doesn't seem so isolated and hopeless because you can see other people who are just like you crushing it. And if somebody else can do it, what I always say is you can probably do it too. Number 13, get a guide up the mountain, man. If it weren't for a few key people in my life, uh, whether that be mentors, uh, coaches, or just you know what I consider friends, I would have never had this amount of quote-unquote success, if you want to call it that, or I wouldn't have got this much momentum. I would have, I would not have got into rooms and into meetings and into situations and circumstances that I've found myself in because I always would do the work, but having a, a tip or two from somebody or having somebody get me in the room or, or put me on or turn me on to something or give me a, a piece of advice, you know, and it's not a lot to be honest with you. I don't, you know, I don't reach out to a lot of people. I don't ask for a lot of advice. Um, but when I do need it, I do ask. I will say this, like, if I don't know something, I will definitely ask people. Now, I'm not going to ask 800 people. I keep my circle like that relatively small, and I only trust people who I believe are gamers and people who are doing it on the highest level, and a lot of people who are doing it what I would consider to be the same level as me are way better than me. But you have to get help if you need help. And most of you are not experts in you know, total body, mind transformations. So you have to invest in knowledge. You have to learn from others. And this is going to cut the learning curve for you guys and accelerate your timeline in your transformation probably in half or probably like by 80%. And I mean that. Um, standing on the shoulders of giants is real. Like asking people who have done it before you um, is probably one of the quickest ways you can find success if you're willing to put in the work. Now, I can tell you all the shit to do, but you still got to show up and fucking do it. Now, that's probably the biggest caveat. So, you know, last year... You know, I asked a handful of friends a couple of things. We kind of trade best practices. I have a great small circle of people. You guys hear me talk about it all the time. You know, I wrap up BJ a lot. Um, Travis, who this you know post is coming from. Uh, Pat has helped me a lot along the way. The David Jacks of the world. Uh, BJ and Alexia Clark and I are actually on a text ring right now. I'll probably get Lex on the podcast here in the next two weeks, and we'll film some content with her. Um, I just I really, and again, a lot of the clients I have here, very successful business people and just really good fucking humans because they've given me like a book or they've given me a tip or they turn me on to one piece of advice. Those little things, those little milestone moments have changed my life. So same thing for you guys. Um, none of this stuff is unique uh, just to fitness, but understand I think you're going to do much better with a coach and a community or a guide or a mentor or somebody to lean on than you'll do completely on your own. I could be wrong. You might be, you're the Michael Jordan, you're the goat, you're the lone wolf, but even Jordan, you know, had James Worthy along the way. Even Jordan had Dr. J before him. Like there's always going to be people you can look to as like a role model or somebody who you can at least look at the blueprint of what they did. And then obviously, you know, chop it and serve it in your own way but they'll help you get there faster. Number 14, measure more than just the scale. Obviously, we have a podcast on why I think the scale sucks, but just think of the scale like your horrible ex-husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend. They 
know how to piss you off. Uh, I'll put it that way. They can be great in certain moments, but for the most part, they're terrible and you don't want to be around them. That's how I would think of this scale. Um, you guys can track your progress in so many more ways. Uh, obviously, you can go body fat. I like how you look in the mirror, uh, how your clothes fit probably to be the best, how much confidence you have, how you're moving. Um, things like that are, are much bigger than just a number on a machine that's going to tell you something that has been basically programmed into your brain from childhood that you should weigh this or you should weigh that or you used to weigh that and that's the idea of what fit and healthy is and I think it's complete horseshit. So um, anybody can argue with me on that. I'm happy to debate you. Obviously, if you're 400 pounds, the scale needs to be going down, but I wouldn't be married to that number. It does not measure how you're really changing and how you're really transforming. Number 15, you got to sweat every day. Um... At least a little bit. Now, every day doesn't have to be a, a horrible Metcon in some crazy hit session. It doesn't have to be a killer workout. You don't have to, you know, leave the gym in a wheelchair. But some days, you just have to get a little sweat going. Taking a walk. Playing sports. Chasing after your kids. Uh, hot yoga. Having sex. And if you're being lazy, just lay there. Let your husband or wife do most of the work. At least there's some mobility involved there a little bit. But uh, in all seriousness, like I do think you guys have to sweat and move every single day. It's a gift that you can do it. There's somebody in a hospital bed dying right now and somebody in a wheelchair who can't fucking walk who would trade places with you in a heartbeat just to go for a 30-minute walk and listen to a podcast. So don't be a lazy-ass man. Just get your body moving. And if you're too lazy to have sex with your smoking hot husband or wife, what the hell is life even about if we can't do that? Just food for thought. Next one, number 16, you got to get stronger, especially for you guys starting out in the beginning, and I've never heard anybody ever say, I'm just too strong. I'm just too strong for my own good. I need to get weaker. I just don't believe that that person exists out there, and if they do, they're crazy, and they, they should get checked out, and they need medical attention immediately. I believe strength is never a weakness, and for most of you guys, if you're doing total body workouts, Add in some strength work, even if it's just you know goblet squatting, bodyweight lunging, resistance with push-ups, bands, a couple times a week. Number 17, more work and less rest for many of you in your training. Keeping your rest periods between sets shorter, but as long as you need to complete the workout is ideal. For a lot of you guys who are lifters out there, like the power programs... You might need to rest a little bit longer if you're really trying to be strong, like maybe two, three, even five minutes between sets. I'm talking like, you know, the one, three, five cube stuff if you're going crazy. But most of you are going to suffer in your programs because you're not lifting that heavy if you're waiting that long between sets. If you're talking hypertrophy stuff, 60 to 90 seconds is probably the max between, you know, the sets for a lot of you guys. Now, if you're doing higher intensity stuff, obviously it's going to be shorter. But most of you, if you're doing like bench press, 60 to 90 seconds is probably plenty. If we're doing body weight stuff and you want to go through some higher intensity intervals, if you're talking 40, 20s, 30, 15s, and then obviously you can flip it to the reverse, 10, 20s, things like that. Um, But really put it on a timer. If you don't have it on a timer, your brain's going to wander. Especially if you have your phone with you, 
you look at an email, you look at a post, you'll return it, you'll type it, and all of a sudden you meant it to be 60 seconds and two and a half minutes went by. Now, I'm not saying the workout becomes worthless, but I would urge you guys to set a clock for your overall workout and then be really mindful of the rest times you're taking in between there. A lot of people say, oh, Jeremy, I worked out for two hours today. I've, I watch people who've worked out for two hours. The workouts are horseshit. They waste so much time, in my opinion, and there's way too many things going on. Like you, Most of you listening to me should be able to get an amazing workout in 40 minutes or less. I'm talking start to finish. You drive up to the gym. You put your headphones in or you get your clothes ready. You have the workout laid out, and then you're walking out the door in under 40 minutes max. For most of you, that would be more than enough three to four times a week if you're really going in there with a plan and you're crushing it. I'm not saying you can't do longer if you're training for an Ironman or you want to do just, you know, kind of bodybuilding style stuff and it's your life. But for most of you, 30 to 40 minutes max, three, four times a week, sprinkling some walks, life's going to be pretty good. Number 18, full reps. Or as I say, if you guys who follow me on Instagram, Chase quality, not just the clock. Full range of motion reps is the gold standard always. Now, there's times for pulsing and cutting reps and and doing some quote-unquote sloppy training, but for 99% of you listening to me, full reps is the game. Lousy form equals achy joints, and shitty reps equals shitty muscles, more often than not. Form and technique pretty much trump everything when you're talking about muscular development for you guys. Um, Time under tension is crucial as well, but really taking your body through full range of motion, not just cutting the reps in half to get them done quicker. What's the point to say you got through a workout that you really couldn't get through and you only cheated yourself? Who gives a shit? I post stuff all the time on Instagram and people be like, oh, Jeremy did this three minutes faster than you. And And they probably did. I'm like, I'm six foot two, so if I'm gonna squat my ass to the ground, like it's gonna probably take me longer than Christine who comes in here and she's five foot two. Obviously, she's gonna get body weight squatting and burpees and jacks done faster than me, and I'm okay with that. My full range of motion is gonna take longer than hers, but I'm not going to cut them short just to make the time quicker. What what prize do I get for that? In the real world, when people see me and you move, they only see the, the body you're in. They don't care if you got the workouts done quicker. That's why I think I'm not bagging on cross for anybody but a lot of times people would just do shitty ass reps to get a faster fran time i never really understood that i don't care if i'm the slowest dude in the room like if that's what it takes for me to work the muscles to full capacity i'm all for it number 19 back in abs in every single workout your midline your abs your core doesn't matter what you guys choose to call it should probably be built into every workout. And a lot of people are thinking, oh, what do you mean, Jeremy? You don't do sit-ups every workout? I'm not talking about sit-ups here. I'm not talking about just direct work for rectus, abdominis, like the front six. I'm not talking that. But some form of training, that's why I say total body workouts for many of you is probably ideal because you're not going to work out seven days a week for an hour a day and you don't need to. It's not necessary. It's not the most efficient use of your time for all the other stuff you probably want to do. But when I'm talking about that, You know, throwing in things like the statics holds, um, overhead carries, any kind of carries for that matter, the the flexion stuff, uh, any of the gymnastics work I think is ideal. Uh, The same principle will apply like to the entire backside with all the, you know, variations of rows, pull-ups, the pull-downs, all that stuff is great. And people say, well, Jeremy, what would be examples? Kettlebell swings? 
I think are great. Overhead pressing movements, I think are great. Overhead carries. Any rowing variations where you guys are pulling towards the body, I think you guys could do face pulls every single day, and I don't see a problem with that. I think you could do glute bridges every single day. I don't see a problem with that. I think you guys could even do something like the ab wheel every single day if you chose to, or mix them up and do one of them you know, every single day. That would be ideal. That's why I say if you're doing total body workouts, you're going to have the bases covered. But if you want to give those things additional love, especially probably face pulls for a lot of you guys because you're so much of like that thoracic rounding from how you sleep, how you drive, how we type, how we look at social media now with like tech neck and stuff like that or, or dowager's hump, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think doing things that strengthen the posterior chain and your trunk. So meaning like when you think of your abs, right? Like we think of abs like, oh, it's six sit-ups and crunches. And yeah, that is. But the front six that you can see, that's not just your abs, like how your entire abs work, like your erectors, your obliques, your intercostals, it's like a corset. Like think of your trunk, and that's why we always use the word trunk here, or core, like as a corset of muscles wrapped around to keep the, the spine you know, stable over the base of its support. And that's what, that's what we're talking about here. That's why I say carries in overhead pressing movements. Take your shirt off one time and overhead press. See what your abs are doing. It's pretty gnarly. Like do a, do a single arm farmer's walk down, you know, 50 yards with something that's relatively heavy and feel the opposing side of your trunk, your obliques, your intercostals, they're locked in place. Like they're tight. So it's holding you up. It's like a, it's like a weighted walking side plank. I think those are great. So side note, number 20, sickness and in health, man, just like being married. Um, you're going to get sick. Um, unless you're taking athletic greens, then maybe you won't hit me up free 20 travel packs. Um, but in all seriousness, you're probably going to get sick or run down at some point. Uh, even me, it could be a sinus infection. It could be allergies. It could be just work in general. It could be the 86 kids who came in here and blew their nose in their hand and put their hands on their pants and they touched something and I touched it. Um, it'll happen. And just know like powering through a workout when you have the flu or you're terribly sick doesn't do you any good. It doesn't make progress. Um, it actually, I think, stalls your progress and I think it slows you down. And I think it will take something away from you as opposed to give it to you. So... Uh, nice rule of thumb, and Travis shared this with me. Uh, anything above the neck, you're probably okay. Like head colds, and again, light stuff. Um, anything below, like body aches, stomach bugs, food poisoning, stay home. Stay away from humans. If you have a little bit of runny nose, it's up to you. I won't do anything super crazy. Uh, when I feel sick, I tend to typically not do anything at all, except probably like mobility and walk. Maybe get a light sweat going. But if I feel at all, that the workout is going to make me worse and take away from my immune system and crush me, I'm not going to do it. Who cares? You're talking about like three or four days. Three or four days on this whole journey of life to let your body heal and recuperate and recover, it's a drop in the bucket, man. It really is. I've had, knock on wood, I never get it again. I've had food poisoning twice in my life. Um, I've never missed a day of work in this entire existence. Now watch, I get it tonight probably. Um, but all seriousness, I've never missed a day of work. I left early one day uh, because I wasn't feeling... Actually, I left early twice. I left at 9 o'clock both days. Once was from a shot of espresso and I got sick. I've never been to that coffee place again, even though it's probably not that. And at one time, I ate at a pizza place. Um, didn't have pizza. I had a salad <clears throat> and uh, these sweet potato fries and uh, they're amazing. And it came up all day and uh it's just a horrible horrible experience and that put me down each time for probably three days i couldn't do shit for three days now i, I came into work struggle bus man i'm talking oh 
my mic it was I was so dehydrated like when I put my contacts in it would be it was hard for me to blink without them coming out because I had no fluid in my body it was just like a miserable miserable experience and every time I would put something in my mouth immediately come out my butt like like I could take a sip of like Powerade and it would like shoot liquid shit up my ass in 20 seconds just a miserable oh god I hated it I, w- I wish that on no one anybody listening whatever you think about me or anything if we're not friends or whatever I would w- I would never wish that on you I would never wish that on my worst enemy it is a terrible experience so don't when you're sick you know go by how you feel but man it just really isn't worth it it, it just stay home let the body heal and live to, to really train another day next one Progressive overload. Each week, you should strive to do more than you did the week before. Now, this can be one more rep, can be one more set, five more pounds, one second faster, doesn't matter. Pick one and just try to get a little bit better every single time or be a little bit more efficient or just leave, do the same workout but leave feeling good instead of feeling drained. Does that make sense? Like, just always try to get a little bit better every single week in, in some form that could be mobility for that matter I think that's a huge one at some point you're going to cap out like I'm probably not going to get any stronger in overall one rep maxes because I don't give a shit about them but there's a lot of other things I can get stronger at and I can get better at I can get more mobile more flexible I can be more efficient and that's what I'm talking about here in terms of getting better week by week by week your body has no reason to change so if you're always doing the same things you did before there's really no reason for it to adapt and become this badass thing you want it to be. And I believe that with everything in life, you guys. If you have no reason to change your habits, rituals, and routines, you probably won't. If there's things in your life that are holding you back, but you don't have to change them, you probably won't. Unless somebody lights a fire under your ass, or you just get to the point where you're so fucking sick and tired, you just make a massive change. Number 22. Train for a competition. Having something specific to train for once, twice, or several times a year, I think can help you accelerate your transformation. And I believe this in all areas of life. Most of the time, um, you fall into the trap of this kind of this, you know, week to week, month to month, and you don't have a lot to show for it because you're just kind of going through the motions, which I do believe going through the motions is better than doing nothing. But if you can set some external motivators, I think that's key. When you have an event to train for, 5K, half marathon, marathon, Spartan race, obstacle course stuff, your local gym has a Sunday Metcon series like we do here at Jeremy Scott Fitness, or we do mini challenges here all the time, like do the triathlon challenge. Uh, we do like, you know, if you can beat my time, you get a 500 bucks. If you can beat, you know, Albon's time, you get 100 bucks, whatever it may be. Um, or we'll do like a, a rowing ski challenge, all kinds of different things just to keep things fun and funky. Um, and again, if, even if you're not into to competing, it's just you competing with yourself. And at the end of the competition, your body will probably look different or feel different or move different or you'll have learned something about yourself in terms of competing and pushing yourself to, you know, how far can you go into your pain cave? You know, what are you willing to do? Where's your threshold? And a lot of people don't know where that is, especially after, you know, probably college sports because the, the days of them doing that are done. So it's a nice way to, you know, kind of challenge yourself outside the box. And, and I believe that. It's why... I I say it for finances too, having certain goals and having certain things you want to accomplish. It's almost like a game. We want to save this much money by this. We want to pay off this much debt by this. You kind of make it like a mini competition with yourself or your husband or wife. And uh, I think that does play a huge role in keeping people motivated. And it's kind of like 
uh, you know, chasing the carrot, uh, if you will. Number 23, changing your focus. Now, I like you guys to have like a, a light at the end of the tunnel. I like you to have one thing that you're really trying to drill down on. But I also like you to dabble in different things. And so maybe shifting your focus every couple of months to just add in something new. So if your goal was to drop body fat, maybe along the way, once you get that routine down, you start adding in, maybe I want to work on just getting a little bit stronger here too. Maybe I want to work on building a little bit of muscle. Maybe I want to improve some of my body weight movements. Maybe I want to do pistol squats. Maybe I want to do handstand walks. Maybe I just want to be able to squat to depth or do uh, forward lunges without pain. Maybe I want to have better mobility. Maybe I want to throw in some gymnastics or work on some endurance work. All those things complement the strength work like one way or another to me personally. So obviously if you have, you know, better endurance, it helps you recover, you know, during sets. If you have, you know, better gymnastics, it helps you with your strength work. All those things combined, I think are key no matter what your goal is. So not saying change your goal, but focusing on different things along the way in your journey and adding them in kind of like sprinkles sprinkles just make everything better but they're only for winners side note um but i do think those things are like sprinkles on ice cream so like your strength work or your ultimate goal for you guys if the goal is fat loss if that's the goal all the stuff you're going to add around it is just like sprinkles on the ice cream it just makes everything better number 24 you got to get limber man mobility matters Majority of joint injuries, unless it's like, you know, a contact injury or blunt trauma, you know, are caused by tight muscles pulling, you know, on the joint, if you will. It's common to see people who are too tight um, do big exercises. Um, They don't, it doesn't end up uh, the way they want it to. Uh, We always say the people who come in here and they try to lift heavy stuff who have poor mobility and, and tight uh, muscles and, and joint issues, uh, they tend to get hurt and they tend to be just between injuries. So before each workout, if you can foam roll, cool, or do some form of mobility and, or stretching, static, if you, if you will. I like the mobility work, which is, you know, if you want to think of mobility, like stretching through space, like active stretching, you know, instead of just like holding it and sitting there, you can always do a little bit of joint juicing and, and wiggling of the movement when you're there. Um, I think if you can build in mobility into your training routines, it's ideal. So before, during, and after is always key, but you have to be limber, man. You have to. You just you don't want to, again, to me, going in the gym and just doing something fresh out the gate, going max effort right when you walked in is like grabbing a frozen rubber band out of the freezer and trying to pull that shit apart. It's only going to last so long, man, before it just completely rips and tears. And, you know, the rubber band you can throw away, but your muscles, man, they're still going to be there. Number 25. Cardio's like ketchup or ranch if you're in the Midwest. Makes everything better. Cardio shouldn't just be an afterthought. It should be a, a cornerstone for you guys if you're looking to make a transformation. So, again, if you're doing total body workouts, just the pacing of it alone can be it. If you hate traditional cardio like I do, I don't like to do a lot of long, boring, slow shit. Just lift weights faster if that's what your thing is. Um, or if you're doing like legit four days a week of like, you know, strength training, maybe sprinkle in a couple of hit days in between there or finishers. I love finishers, uh, anywhere from, you know, one minute to, you know, 10 minutes, uh, depending on, you know, what your capacity is and, and how intense it may be. And if you're doing like legit hit stuff, it should take no longer than 20 minutes. If you're doing legit high intensity workouts, the work time should be no longer than 20 minutes. I just don't see how it's possible. And if you're doing steady state cardio, if that's your jam, 
like running, biking, skiing, short of your training for an Ironman, so you're just a normal person, 30, 40 minutes tops, I think is fine. If you want to go for a walk for your dog or just a walk on a podcast, an hour, I can get down with that, but I don't think you need to do more than that. Number 26, you got to learn how to cook. Food is probably the number one culprit for people getting out of shape, and it comes down to taste for most people. They don't want to eat shit that they hate, and I hear you. I don't want to eat stuff I don't like either. I did it for years. It's terrible. It's not fun. So now I try to make the stuff that I eat taste good. So most likely, you're never shown how to make healthy food taste good. I don't know if that's a class in in college or high school. I for surely didn't get it. I always thought health food tasted like shit. And so I had to kind of learn along the way with trial and error. So I'd ask you guys this. Each week, learn a new recipe and make it several times. And after a month of doing this, you'll practice probably you know, let's say 15 different ways and you probably end up with four kind of new healthy meals just by making the same thing over and over and over again and maybe experimenting a little bit. And you'll notice your taste buds start to change over time. The more you can eliminate kind of the, you know, overly, you know, processed sweetened shit that has a lot of crap added to it. And again, I'm all a fan. You can use fake sweeteners. Obviously, they have a place in your diet and they exist there. But after you start cutting out, you know, eating Oreos every day or drinking real sodas every single day or eating bags of, you know, fake chips every single day, your taste buds will start to change. You'll start to acquire uh, a taste for real healthy food that fills your body. And not only do you enjoy the way it tastes, but the way it makes you feel. I think that's the biggest key. Number 27, falling off the wagon. If you have a binge, if you have a food bender, it's not the end of the world, man. Your day, your week, your month, it's not ruined. Pick back up where you left off. One day of bad eating will not derail your progress, just like one amazing day of eating won't make you look like Brad Pitt from Troy. One amazing day of training won't make you Mr. Olympia. It just doesn't, dude. So don't beat yourself up over you ate like shit or had a bunch of drinks on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Who gives a fuck? The past is the past. Focus on the future and keep that shit rolling. Number 28. Sugar. Some sugar on a daily basis is okay. Preferably after a workout when you drain the glycogen and you drain the system and you want to pair it with the protein and that helps kind of shovel the nutrients to the muscles in the body. I'm all for that. But excessive sugar at every meal will cause drastic, radical blood sugar shifts. And this can lead to excessive food cravings. It's like crack, right? It's like when you eat real food that's healthy and not packed with sugar, you self-regulate eating. I've talked about this before. If you have some Brussels sprouts in front of you, you're not going to eat so many Brussels sprouts until you feel sick. It's not going to give you this high that eating cinnamon rolls will get you or cookies or cake or whatever your jam is. So again, try to keep the sugar, you know, as real as possible. You know, fruits are great. Um... Typically, you're not going to eat 14 bananas, but you sure as hell eat 14 Oreos. And try to keep it around your workouts. If you need it pre-workout, cool. But for most of you guys, post-workout is probably an ideal time to have sugar. Um, but if you can keep away from you know the overly processed fake stuff more often than not, I think you guys will be doing okay. Number 29, meal prepping. Uh, again, do I meal prep? No, I don't. Um, I used to. I used to do it on Sundays and Wednesdays would be my days. I'd make it for the week. I just got tired of it and I changed the way that I eat now and the way I live and I don't have to do it. So you don't have to meal prep. But for many of you, it does make your life easier. 
and meal prepping doesn't have to be a <clears throat> excuse me like a Sunday ritual. Um, meal prep can be done anywhere from like one to three days at a time, or just like the night before, depending on what works best for you. Um, I would say find a rhythm or find like some healthy places where you can do some grab and go stuff. For now, there's so many you know meal delivery pla- pra- uh, places. You guys can pick things up and make life a lot easier. But I do think for most of you, probably having like one or two meals on hand or having like some go-to saver snacks around um, will help you make better choices in the long run and keep you from getting hangry and making awful choices like on your way home or when you're stuck at an airport or when you're traveling. Number 30, you got to eat to feel better. Eat foods that help your body feel better. That's the biggest key. Foods that don't leave you feeling gassy, bloated, puffy, and lethargic. If you eat and you feel gassy, bloated, puffy, and lethargic, you probably have to make a shift and start cutting some things out, maybe elimination diet style. But when you feel good, your day is so much better, man. And when you feel bad, your day sucks. That's why I harp on this shit so much because I give a fuck about it. Like, I couldn't do this if I didn't feel good. If I didn't feel this way, I could not wake up so early, work out so hard, and create so much stuff and talk to so many people. I wouldn't have the energy. When I feel bad, my day sucks, dude. That's why I do it. A lot of people get confused. Like, oh, Jeremy doesn't eat anything because he cares about what he looks like. Well, yeah, I sure as fuck care about what I look like. Who doesn't? That's why we get dressed and brush our teeth and comb our hair, and that's why we do the things we do. But that's a secondary thing for me. I don't want to feel bad. If I don't feel good, I'm not happy. I'm not motivated. I'm not inspired. I'm not energetic. I can't give the world my best. And I just hate being alive, honestly. Like when you feel like shit, your day just sucks. And I don't have that many days on this earth. So I don't want to waste them because I fed my body some stupid shit that tasted good in the moment, but yet stole so many hours from me on the back. And that's how I look at it. Yeah, it it felt good to eat it for seven minutes, but it stole 17 hours from me. The juice is not worth the squeeze in that regard. Number 31. Just know breakfast is not necessary. Contrary to what most of you were told, breakfast is not the most important meal of the day. But for some of you guys, it does set the tone for the rest of the day. So that's why I always say like, eating cinnamon rolls and pancakes for breakfast is a terrible fucking choice because you're probably not going to make way better choices as the day goes on. Maybe you will. I certainly wouldn't. So I tend to not eat shit for my first meal of the day. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Again, breakfast is not the most important meal of the day. I haven't ate breakfast in probably, I don't know, 12 years, maybe more. Maybe I don't even, I can't remember. And again, it's not necessary. If you feel like you need it, that's fine, but make a good choice. You can't sell me on when you drive through Starbucks and get a caramel frappuccino and like a cake pop, that that's a better choice than not eating breakfast. Just take that for what it is. Number 32, the big supplements you should probably throw into your body. Number one, athletic greens. Uh, it's the one I take every single day. That replaces your multivitamin mineral. So if you guys aren't a fan of athletic greens, you could buy like a multi, you know, vitamin, mineral supplement. But I do think athletic greens covers all the bases for that. The second one on the list, I would say probably probiotics. Athletic greens has a probiotic complex in that. If you need an additional one, I'm all for that. And probably the third one, I would say like a fish or krill oil would be ideal. So an athletic greens slash multivitamin 
Um, a probiotic, even though Athletic Greens has it in there. If you wanted an additional one that's a higher dose, I'm cool with that. And then obviously like a krill or fish oil. Those would probably be the big ones I would spend money on if I was you guys. And again, if you wanted to take Athletic Greens, that probably covers everything other than the fish or krill oil. And those would be the two I would buy and that's it. So you don't got to worry about taking 19 different pills and potions. Just boom, it's done. Um, after those three, I would just say get your blood work done. Um, so you can discover precisely like what your body needs and that's going to save you money in the long run um, instead of doing trial and error with supplements. So like if you're deficient with vitamin D3 or if you know like your thyroid is off or you know you need, uh, I'm trying to think of something else like HTP, I don't know, whatever you're deficient in, the blood work is going to show that and you can always probably supplement it with certain things. But short of that, I think you're okay with Athletic Greens and probably a curl or official for most of you. And if you want to throw in an additional more high-power probiotic, by all means, do it. And last but not least on the list here, number 33, have a weekly indulgence, treat, or cheat meal or something that you like that's probably outside of the box. Now, people are like, oh, don't call it cheat meals. Don't be so sensitive when we use terminology everybody knows what this is eat some shit that you like i mean let's just call it that but cheat meals are, are probably you know they're more of a psychological reward than physical for most people and again i know some people will bet oh don't reward yourself with food i'm like i don't get hung up on the semantics of it it's what we all fucking do it's why i ride the assault bike so hard so i can go eat you know a burger and some fries it's okay. Like it, it's what we do. It's damage control. However you want to splice it. It's, it's once in a while. It's called living life, everybody. I just know a lot of my fitness friends get crazy with the terminology and I just don't understand why. But side note, have your cheat meal on your workout days would be my advice, not your rest days. And uh, I would say at a restaurant is probably more ideal or if you're going to buy it, do it in single serving and do only what you're going to eat at that meal so you don't have leftovers and things hanging around that are going to tempt you multiple times throughout the week. That is key. And I would tell you to eat till you're full, but not completely stuffed. Don't feel like you have to eat bad either. And that's a big misconception. You have to go eat some horseshit. You don't. You can just eat more of the healthy foods if that's what you want to do. Or just add in one thing instead of eating a bunch of, you know, fake horseshit that's going to make you feel, you know, lethargic, you know, bloated, gassy, and disgusting. I would say limit yourself to 60 minutes. Um, if you can't eat it all in 60 minutes, you probably need to eat it all. Um, if it's taking you two hours to finish it, it's probably too much. Um, and again, if you're at a restaurant, don't take the food home. Just leave it there. You couldn't finish it. Just tap out. Call it a night. Um, and I, I do think dining at restaurants ensures that you don't have to snack or graze in leftovers. So uh, when you get home, you can get back to your normal routine. Just keep crushing it. So that is it. That is the 33 tips to transform your body and hopefully a little bit of your mind as well along the way. Again, reminder, 47-day transformation kicking off January the 6th. You have until the 4th to register by midnight. Hit me up for the podcast discount code if you want to rock with me. We'll be talking about all this stuff and much, much more inside that program because it is intense and a reminder if you're on itunes stop don't be a lazy ass go to the podcast app on your iphone scroll all the way down drop me a five star leave a comment i truly would appreciate you guys and if you have an ipad or a macbook click the itunes icon ratings and reviews five star it comment 
I sincerely thank you. Uh, if there's anything else you guys want to hear on the podcast, hit me up. Let me know. I believe we're going to get some of our athletes and their transformations to come on here and share their stories because we have a lot of them and they're amazing and unique. That's something I'm going to dig down hard on in 2020. Uh, like I said, I think I'll get Alexia back on the podcast as well as my wife and a handful of my fitness friends as well because we got a lot of fun stuff for you guys here. But if you need something, just request it and I will get to it. So until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.